Glitter, Glitter Pussy had a great suggestion. She suggested that we actually let you listen to what it sounds like to eat pagan ass. <laughs> so we're going to do that demonstration for you later, right? Oh, oh, my ass, my ass, eat my pagan ass. <laughs> it's just the Hey everybody, it's Lucky Licious, and I'm coming to you from Akron, Ohio, formerly known as... Put put your seatbelt on, hooker. (laughs) It should be a choice. (laughs) I hate that thing that dings in the car. I know, it gets angry at you. It should be a choice, you know? You shouldn't have to put it on. It's a violation of rights. You You should die if I want to. Yeah, well, you don't have to put it on. You can choose to leave it off. You can choose to get a ticket from a police officer yeah, if he's. You can, you know, totally. You can choose to go through the windshield. Pop it in and have it behind you, which is what I do sometimes. I know. I sat down in the car yesterday, and this thing jammed into my back. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And it's the seatbelt already. I was like, "She's kidding me." So, my very one of my very best friends in life, Glitter Pussy. Yeah, you're on Eat My Pagan Ass. Oh, there isn't any better place to be <laughs> Glitter on the platter of your ass. So I'm sorry if it's really loud and windy, but we are driving in a car through beautiful Akron, Ohio. So what brings you to Akron? I mean, why? First of all, who is Glitter Pussy? Well, Glitter Pussy is a alter ego that has everything that my real personality doesn't. She's fierce, confident, and super sexual. She's an amazing singer. I have some music on MySpace under that name, folks, if you want to check it out. She represents a fierce, fearless woman, superhuman, hero who represents all the things about women that are amazing. Um, She spreads a vibe out there for people to be fearless and free themselves and that's what her music is about and her life statement. Uh Now what what is this love light that Glitter Pussy sometimes talks about? Well the love light vibration is the light that vibrates from everyone that they may be aware of or may not be aware of, but everybody can tap into it freely at any time. Um, You can reach down within yourself and feel the love that vibrates among all of us. You know, all is one, one is all. We all have it in us um, at any time. Hey, I've got a question for you. Sure. If we're all one and we're all part of God, why do some people choose to be the asshole? I know, that is my saying. (laughs) Thanks for ripping it off. (laughs) Here at Eat My Pagan Ass, we beg, borrow, and steal whatever works. We leave the rest behind. I know, no shame in that, bitch. So, uh, So you say that Glitter Pussy embodies all the things 
that you as a woman wish you were or wish you had and yet she's a creation of you which means that all those things that glitter pussy has and is are actually part of you they are but to be able to tap into it all the time is nearly impossible so sometimes you know if i'm feeling down or if i need to pick me up i'll just pop in my cd and i'll instantly feel better so you you listen to yourself absolutely <laughs> you often hear like music artists like who are your favorite artists and they list like this person that person this person but when i ask you you're like i'm my own inspiration well absolutely you have to be your best fan you know no one else is you know gonna be as supportive as you you know you're the one that has to pick your ass up in the morning that's true that's true so what's glitter pussy's favorite song well, of course, Delight. You know, I have to. Definitely. Wait a minute. But you don't sing Delight. No, I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, my favorite artist of all time is Lady Miss Kier. I mean, she is my inspiration and total inspiration for Glitter Pussy and everything. that. And she sings with that group, Delight. Absolutely. You know. What's one of, what's one of the, for the folks that don't know, what's, what's a song that they might know by now? Um, well, definitely, you know, Groove is in the Heart is a famous one. What about, what's her name, Lady What What? Lady uh, Miss Kier. What do you love about her? Well, I mean, she's just obviously amazing and sexy. Have you ever seen her pictures? She's, you know, just absolutely groovalicious. She has amazing clothing and style and a great attitude about the world. And she's definitely somebody who cleans up and does her part to make this a better place for everyone. And her message is awesome, you know. ESP is one of her best songs, personally. How did, how did you get started in music? Uh, my father, actually, was an amazing musician, you know, um, not famously or career musician in any way, but he just loved music for fun, and, and we would constantly sing together, and uh, he really was my inspiration to uh, sing as well as I do. I mean, I definitely got my chops from him. When, when did you start playing? I started playing guitar at 13 and taught myself. Um, I, you know, got better obviously when I moved to New York City, and was among the uh, the people who were doing um, open mics. It uh, pushed me to play and sing at the same time, which is something I couldn't really do that well until I moved to New York City. Um, in Brooklyn, in the Williamsburg area, I was uh, going to a bar called Artland. And they had an amazing open mic, and it was very supportive. Everybody was uh, was really great. 
for boosting your self-esteem. Even if you did a shitty job, people were like, you know, great try, you know, amazing, come back, do it again, you know? So I really loved that environment. It was a great place for me to grow. What does your music uh, have for pagans? What might they find in there? Well, just uh, freedom of expression, freedom of sexuality, um, you know, just... uh, being able to be uh, confident without your clothes on, you know, I think we put too much uh, emphasis on shame in the society. Uh, a lot of my music is about um, not listening to what the TV or media, you know, um, validate as being. I know we're squeezing into a tight spot, into a parking space right now. I can relate. Um, (laughs) So it's just, it's, you know, for pagans, it's about being free. It's about really being, you know, there's a lot of naturism in in paganism. If you'll find at a festival, if you go to a pagan home or a pagan gathering, uh, a real true pagan gathering will be skyclad, you know, because we're not ashamed of who we are and we don't need to mask our bodies or cover up. And uh, I don't even know if there's a lot of pagans that really know or can express that, you know. I've rarely met anybody that feels as strongly as I do about that particular aspect of being pagan or, or Wiccan, you know. So I'm, I'm dying for people to respond to this if you hear this podcast please send us naked pictures send send us (laughs) naked pictures and tell us why you believe that the nation should be sky clad and clothing free or clothing optional uh one of my favorite songs of yours is a song called skinny now tell me about that song well it's about you know all these commercials and diet fads and all these things and all these super celebrities like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, all these, you know, people who just have really no claim to fame other than being anorexic and disgusting, you know, (laughs) and I'm tired of it. So I wrote this song um, pretty much in a matter of minutes. It came out so easily from spirit, you know, Um, called Skinny, and uh, it just really, really expresses my anger towards society for letting this go on, you know? It's about the women giving up and just letting, like, being rolled over on and letting this happen, you know? We shouldn't be letting this happen to us. We shouldn't be accepting this, you know, crazy, psychotic norm of thinness and uh, self-hatred. It's terrible.
a lot of your music is it seems to me to be really in tune with the United States in particular and what goes on in this country. And in every way, you're, you're very much a, a pagan product of the United States. Absolutely. I mean, when I set out to do my music and really was on the ball last year before I had my baby, you know, I was in pre in post-production or pre-production, sorry, um, getting ready to, uh, you know, really put the album out and then bam, I got married, you know, but, uh, I was uh, really focusing on being a representative of the pagan community and, you know, definitely trying to put my music in the forefront, in the light, so that people everywhere could hear it. Um, but, you know, with Clear Channel Productions running everything, I don't know how easy it's going to be for me to get on the radio <laughs> with my name and my vibe. Who knows? You know, I've always said, you got to fake it till you make it. Who knows? I don't know if I'll ever be skinny enough for MTV, but... Fuck it. Well, we have widescreen televisions now, so. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say all that, bitch. <laughs> um, what's what's one song that you, if, if we could play one song of yours on the podcast, what would it be? I would definitely play Skinny or Swallow. Swallow. I like Swallow, too. Yeah, Swallow's kind of a rocky, edgy song, you know, about, uh, it kind of has a John Carpenter vibe, you uh, know, where everybody's. You know, that was definitely the uh, the idea for the video that I've always wanted to um, to film, uh-huh. the music video, the John Carpenter, They Live kind of vibe, <laughs> where all of these people who are societal, who think that being skinny and perfect and flawless and airbrushed is the way to go, you know, they're really aliens underneath, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to control the population and the masses. So Glitter Pussy's music are like the sunglasses that people can That's put on. Exactly. The, that was the best way you could have put it. Absolutely. It helps you see through the mask. It does. It really does. And that's why I listen to my own music. You know, I really don't have any other artists to speak of, to listen to, to remind me of that. So, I mean, it's not really from a selfish standpoint. It's more of a, a out of absolute desperation and need to hear those reminders so my songs are like my anthems they keep me going they keep me sane they keep me they keep my sunglasses on i woke up this morning i looked in the mirror and i hated everything i saw i know if i'm going to make it then i
the magazines. Don't watch what they're doing on the TV. What about, have, you've had personal struggles with body image and, and weight? Anything like bulimia, anorexia, any oh, of that Oh, sure, shit? absolutely. You know, I mean... You know, I think it's not just women that have that issue. It's many, many gay friends of mine. You know, you know, it's hit every type of, um, you know. Like me, type. I've had issues like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, it's not just female-centered anymore. It's definitely um, hit everyone. Even straight men that I know are definitely conflicted about their bodies. You know, my husband has always been pressured about being too thin. You know, he wishes that he could be more muscular because that's the imagery that's pushed on you, you know, be the warrior, be the sex pot that's, you know, just all boobs and stick thin everything else, you know, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. The Barbie doll. The Barbie doll and the Ken. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I think everybody has that Mattel imagery stuck in their heads yeah, yeah. from childhood. Uh, since you brought up, you know, your husband and stuff, so um, you you actually had a, a wedding at a pagan festival. What was that like? It was amazing. It was truly beautiful. Um, Alex Gray's artwork was on display for the first time without him to host it. It was in displayed in a geodesic dome. Um, our friend um, Ivan. Ivan has a geodesic dome every year that he brought to Starwood, and the artwork was being displayed there. And we had our wedding with that artwork surrounding us and amazing lighting. It was like a rock star wedding. It was sick. You can see it on uh, Epic TNA. The name of it is Epic TNA on YouTube. Our friend Eartha Goodwin, who's an amazing photographer and printer uh, artist, uh, put that up and did all that work. I didn't work. know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Am I up there at all? I, you should. Yeah, I, I, can, I can imagine why you wouldn't be. Fabulous. So it's an amazing piece, and you should certainly contact her if you have any interest in hmm. having work done. She's an amazing artist. I remember um, since I was in the wedding party uh, what it was like to be part of that, and to have you know this was at Starwood, which was a big pagan is a big pagan festival pretty much, and lots of people who weren't even invited just were attracted to all the activity and the hubbub, and uh, it was really I think. For me, it was powerful to see pagan community just there to observe one of our most sacred rites. Uh, and uh, how, did, how did you feel about all that? I was really honored that people wanted to participate and watch and that they felt that what we were doing was an authentic ceremony. You know, that's always been something that's... Uh, eluded me you know I've never really had an amazing you know by the book ritual ever I I kind of am an off-the-cuff kind of witch who just does my own thing you know kitchen witch just throwing in whatever I want and making it happen which is totally fine but to have like an authentic amazing ritual that was really well thought out and planned and written out by a, a really great friend and witch friend of mine Talon and, and, of course, Lucky helped with that a lot, you know. I think that he, you know, helped uh, Talon come up with some of those ideas, too, didn't you? A lot of it came from Talon, actually. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, I contributed a little bit. So he did much of the heavy lifting. Yeah, you just looked over it. But, yeah, yeah he. Uh, it was a beautiful ceremony. It was amazing to be a part of something well-structured and completely off the friends, the, the backs of friends, you know, yeah. everybody supported this and made it happen. Yeah. 
So uh, we're going to come back in a little while. We're going to talk about uh, pagan marriage, pagan parenting. We're going to talk about sex. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe a little more nudity, because why not? Why not? Yeah. All right, hookers. Well, stay tuned. Uh, We're going to listen to uh, we're going to listen to Glitter Pussy and uh, then we'll be right back. All right. Thanks. Stay tuned.
Hey everybody, it's Lucky Delicious. So we are back with Glitter Pussy, and uh, while you guys listen to that music, she and I did some shopping at the Mustard Seed Market and Cafe. Everyone is an asshole. I absolutely hate the people in this fucking store. It's crazy. <laughs> well, the people like, in the I'll store aren't bad. Housewives. No, the rabbit Customers. housewives in the parking lot yeah. are disgusting. Vulture women. What was the sound you were making? They sit there and wait for you to fucking pull out while, like, all the while, like, screaming in their, you know, air-conditioned car with the windows up, so you can't really hear what they're saying, but you know what they're doing. (sighs) Disgusting. And then Lucky, like, had, like, an absolute nervous attack outside (laughs) for some crazy reason. God knows why. It wasn't a nervous attack. Mm -hmm. She was not paying attention to where she was going. She was on the phone. My homeopathic um, herbal concoctions were falling out of the shopping cart and cars are going every which way with these vulture wives in them. Uh And Glitter Pussy's completely oblivious to the whole thing. And she's like, what's going on? What's going on? They have, <laughs> they have a homeopathic medication called Bitch Spray, which you can spray in the back of your throat, which immediately chokes you to death. What's in Bitch Spray? And where did it... You invented Bitch Spray, actually, didn't you? I did, actually. I got so tired of people, period. You know, I just needed something that I couldn't go to jail for. So what you do is you put peppermint, and it's harmless. It does sting a little when it hurts the eyes, you know, but um, you just spray it behind people. It creates a beautiful, refreshing, aromatic scent around them, and, you know, you could put anything, you know, any type of, you know, essential oil. Bleach. (laughs) With water and a little spray bottle, and you can just pull it out. Sulfuric acid. Whenever you're pissed off at someone, and you can spray yourself, too, when you think you're being a bitch. So it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful invention. I actually brought it to Burning Man. It was a great gift for people. You know, it's a gifting society at Burning Man. Um, so I was giving that out, and the peppermint water was awesome for the desert heat. So You're just you're so generous and loving and caring. <laughs> Note the sarcasm in Lucky's voice. No, it's true. I really do take care of my friends. She does. I, I'll have to say, though, that the supermarket that we just went to was the best supermarket I've ever been to in my life. I had so much fun. Everywhere you went, there was free organic food, organic hummus, pitas, cheeses, everything, coffee. Just you, And then, I mean, you could just never have to buy any food, just, like, shop for an hour. I know. The coffee was delicious, too. It was great. And then walk out with nothing. But the customers really are awful. They are, but, you know... Nothing in life is free, and there's a trade-off. We had all there that. There was, you know, and usually the trade-off is bad. Why is that? When you're getting something wonderful or enjoying an experience, and it's, you're, it's lucky, it's amazing, it's just happenstance, and then, you know, there's always some piece of shit. You know, there's just always some gray matter, some, you know, fungus somewhere just because it can't be too fantastical there has to be something to bring you back to reality well i look at it this way 
There's always fungus. There's always bacteria. There's always gray matter, no matter where you go in the universe. And God does have an asshole. That's right. And some people like to dwell there more than others. And it's really about attention and where you put your attention and focus in your own energy and how you create your own experience of life. Right. You can sit there and pay attention to all the germs that are crawling over your skin right now. Yeah. And some people do, and they get locked up in hospitals because of it. Like Lucky. That's right. In fact, can I have some antibacterial soap immediately? It is true. I am creepy. When you handed me your half-eaten sandwich, I almost gagged inside, but I forced myself to eat it. See? I can't help it. kind of thing that people need to get over. It's all about just where you put your intention and focus. Or where you put your mouth. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I don't know that song. (laughs) I keep getting in your way. I'm sorry, honey. Oh. Hey, Johnny, we're jamming. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, we're jamming to the da-da-da-da. We're jamming. We're jamming. Yeah, Saad's going to get in there. We're jamming in the name of Oh, uh, look, he's good. He's good. He's good. Just on the Just on the Oh, abortions all around. For 
attractive men here are straight. What's wrong with that? Are there any gay men in Akron? Are there any gays here? Oh, there's lots. There's a ton. Well, there's a there's a great bottom. We didn't get the oil changed. No, we didn't. But you know what? I don't even know if we're going anywhere. So. Hey, everybody. We're back. This is Lucky Licious, and I'm here with Glitter Pussy in Glorious. Now we're in Cayuga Falls, Ohio. So you recently had a child. Now, do you plan to raise your child in your spiritual tradition? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish I had been, I'm sure, as you do, as well as many other pagan people who found it later in life, wish that they, when they see children at the festivals and gatherings and rituals, they wish that they had had that opportunity. So I'm definitely going to give that to my daughter. I wonder if there's any study uh, of kids who are raised in paganism then kind of like rejecting it the way, you know, just as a matter of rebellion... Well, I've never heard of anybody starting out Wiccan and turning into a Christian. You know, have you? <laughs> no, I haven't. Really, I think if you set the right, you know, precedent down first for, you know, a good belief system that allows freedom and, uh, you know, the lack of insecurity and shame. Why would you? You'd never go back to paste powders again. What? <laughs> right, never what? mind. <laughs> What'd you say? Paste or powders? <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? It's like a denture fixident commercial. Oh, You'll never go back to paste or powders I again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So you got married at Starwood. Um, do you have an open relationship or a monogamous relationship? <laughs> I think you pretty much know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, but our audiences don't know. No, I'm very monogamous. You know, I don't think polyamory is something that everyone accepts in the pagan community. I think that that's really, really a small percentage of the people in the pagan community that can really accept that kind of lifestyle. Well, I think we can accept it, but it's, it's not easy for folks to actually live it. Right. Li- that's what I mean. I mean, living it, you know, acceptance of it is one thing. Living it as an everyday thing is very hard to do. Uh-huh. So there, there'd be like a lot, let's say a lot of muggle couples and they go to festivals, you know, like one's pagan and one's muggle and, and take them to a festival. And then suddenly like you just see all these naked tits bobbing around and cocks bobbing around. What, what do you think is the response to that sort of thing? I think that muggle, muggle people don't belong at festivals. I think it's the biggest mistake to bring someone that's a non-pagan, that really is a non-pagan. I mean, you really just has no idea about the community and you know is going to have a horrible time. I mean, there's just no point. I've done it before and I've spent the whole next day driving them back home and back and, you know... Yeah, one of my early episodes, uh, not my, one of our early episodes, I talked about bringing a muggle to uh, Starwood, and it was a nightmare. It, w- it was an absolute nightmare. You know, every, the first... Oh, you remember him, remember yeah, Barry? I do remember Barry, who I thought was a troll that you put on top of those, those pencils, and you, you know, he had those, that nose, the nostrils and the big eyes and that crazy hair, and if you just twisted him on top of a pencil, his hair would go nuts. Yeah, he was, he was wild. There's the baby. 
And it's over. Just by food. Yeah, um, <clears throat> the first person who came up and talked to me, you know, pissed him off. I mean, he just was really, really scared immediately, you know. And, of course, anybody who goes to Starwood, when you're, like, talking about it to somebody, you're just going to make it sound really scary and freaked out, just, you know, just to kind of test them anyway. I think that's kind of everyone's initial introduction to Starwood. When did you go to your first Pagan Festival? When I was 23. Tell me about it. Oh, it was Starwood. Starwood was my first introduction ever. And, you know, luckily someone didn't think I was a muggle. They thought I was worth bringing, you know. They figured I would flourish there. And Raven Noir is his name. You know, he's a very popular drummer at Starwood. Um, He was a good friend of mine who just kept telling me about it. And really, I remember thinking, I'm just going to blow this off. I'm not going to go. I'm sure it's stupid. You know, I'm not going to have that much fun anyway. And I ended up going. I just, at the last minute, ended up going. And it was the most amazing thing I ever did in my life, I think, at that point. And now you you actually have taught there now. You're teaching your own workshops there. Tell us about that. I taught my first tantric workshop there. It was amazing. Uh, I had a, you know... A good turnout, 60 people showed up for the first half of my workshop. Um, it ended up raining the second half, so I didn't end up getting to teach the second half. But So what is, what is, what is Tantra? What's that, how do you teach Tantra? What does that mean? <laughs> well, um, it, it, it's really hard to tell someone how to teach Tantra. That's, we might want to reiterate. Well, what, what were, what were, how did your workshop work? Well, it was set up to kind of introduce people to Tantra. Um, it was not so much there to teach people how to teach. Um, it was more or less an introduction to the origin of it uh, without getting too much into it, you know. All the logistics. I remember you talking a lot about breath, and we, you had us do a bunch of breathing exercises. What was that all about? Well, the main focal point to me of Tantra and the breath work is getting the focus off of your mind, being mindful and, and instead of... Uh, What's the word I'm using? Um, Ignorant. <laughs> I, have a, I have a saying, you know, um, be in control of your mind, not, you know, not out of your mind, where, you know, the mind tends to go crazy and run the show if you let it, which is where it becomes an, immediately hard, almost impossible to control yourself when you're trying to meditate you know I had no idea what meditation was for the longest time I just it seems so ridiculous because every time I would sit down to try to talk I would or try to try to meditate I would um, immediately things would flood into my mind and I just couldn't see how anybody could do it you know but part of that uh, part of tantra is learning how to control yourself in many different ways fascinating I know (laughs) I need to be asked this not here. I can't talk about this here. No, that sounded good. That was a good answer. Um, I don't think it was. Well, <laughs> tell us again about breathwork and how does breathwork help you get mind control? Um, learning how to relax yourself and uh, focus in and center in helps you get in touch with your root chakra, you know, and your kundalini chakra, um, deep breathing low tones, you know, like making tones with your mouth. When I hear Tantra, I think sex. Why? 
Well, that's because in the media, you know, ever since Sting came out and talked about him and his wife, he and his wife, Trudy Styler, and that's all that they do every time they have sex, which is bullshit. You know, I think anybody saying that their sex, you know, sexual activity lasts six hours is a liar. You know, I mean, that, that could be... You're calling done. Sting a liar? I'm calling Sting a liar. He doesn't do that every time. That's ridiculous. No one has that kind of time, you know. But, uh, I mean, to set out one night, you know, one evening, one day to, to dedicate to your partner is a great idea. I don't think it happens every day. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's, it's, it's definitely sexual because of mainstream, mainstream interest, you know. Um, so sexuality is a part of Tantra, but Tantra is not all sexuality. No, it's not. It's definitely not. It's more about an energy. It's more about using sex magic, sexual energy. And if, for those who know what sex magic really is, it doesn't even really have to involve touching another person. It can be just the exchange of energy from one point to another using that particular type of magical energy rather than the act itself. Does it involve big penises sometimes? <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> it props you. I'm glad you got that. Yeah! Woo! You mentioned earlier kitchen witch. Let's change the subject. What does that mean? What's a kitchen witch? Well, infusing your own um, magic or your own intention into the food that you make while you're making it, while you're preparing something, while you're chopping an herb, while you're stirring something. You could even stir a pentacle into your soup or into the broth of something that you're about to make um, while thinking about the intention that you have 
while the people are going to be eating it, what they're going to be consuming, what ideas you want to flow into their body, what you want them to, uh, to what do you want them to have in them to sustain their, their year or their day, you know? It's a very powerful thing that a woman or man can do for their family. The, the witch that stirs the ladle rules the world. That's true. <laughs> so uh, what's one of your favorite recipes? You are what you eat, you know. From your head down to your feet. (laughs) There's a lot to be said about that statement, you know. Um, As far as recipes that I like to make, um, that's what you asked me, right? Yeah. Uh, I like a lot of meat and potato-based things, you know. Um, My husband and I, we love mashed potatoes. We just love them, you know. We've both really gotten to the point of expertise with making them. Um, Can I ask you a question since you brought up mashed potatoes? Yeah. Have you ever heard of someone mixing breast milk into mashed potatoes and serving that at a Thanksgiving dinner? No. Why? Did that happen to you? Yeah. Do you think that it's normal or no? Absolutely not. Even, even, but even if you're pagan? No. No. I don't think that that's normal. Why? Who did that to you? Somebody did that at a Thanksgiving party we went to. Who? <laughs> you don't know this person. Really? I think yeah. you should announce it to the world so nobody goes to their place for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> We, we saw them making the mashed potatoes, and the lady was just, she was there with her husband, and they were like, well, we're pagan. And it has nothing to do with paganism whatsoever. Not whatsoever. That's crazy town. Crazy town. Well, you definitely don't want to have my tapioca pudding. <laughs> oh, why? What's it that or shan't we guess? <laughs> we should guess. <laughs> mm, well, if, what if you made, like, tantric tapioca pudding? What would be in that? Tapioca pudding. Oh, my God, gag. <laughs> Especially the pearls. Where would the pearls come from? <laughs> Interesting. Well, high in protein, you know. Very much so. Hilarious. Hilarious. Um, now... It really happened, though, at a Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, it was totally disgusting. And more. There was, like, all kinds of crazy shit at that How dinner. No one else said anything. Did ever, was not everyone aware of that? Or was that, like... Were people eating them? Yeah, actually, uh, they were. The people who made the mashed potatoes were eating them. Breast milk is not creamy. You know, very few people can make like really <clears throat> creamy breast milk. It's more of a watery, like skim, like skimmy milk kind of substance. It's not like a milk milk. Like a watery discharge. Kind of. Yeah, but like. Like like liquid pus. No, no, no. <laughs> No. Skim milk. Like skim skim milk. milk. It's really not a, a, it's not a high fat thing at all. It's not something you would put into potatoes. So then why did they do it? They were like assholes. <laughs> to be pure fucking assholes, I'm sure. <laughs> it was nasty, but it was kind of funny actually. Well, I'm sure it was funny, but to ruin some of these mashed potato dish that way, you know, they should have been. No, it was their own. They, oh, it was their own. Yeah, they made it. Oh, they made it. It was at their party. No, they, it was like a potluck. They brought it and yeah. made it there. You told everybody what it was before you ate it? I don't yeah. think they told everyone. That's, I don't know if they told anybody. Up. Yeah. I don't get it. Very weird. But to associate paganism with that is wrong. Well, that was the thing. It was like, uh, yeah, this is natural. This is organic. You know, we, use, we don't use cow milk. We use human breast milk. See, you know what? That kind of shit, it's like veganism. It's fundamentalism, however way you look at it. You know, like, do you get too far in extreme? It, it's just as bad as Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> so vegans are as bad as Hitler. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't stand vegans. What about them don't you like? 
I just anybody who's a fundamentalist in any way. Christine, food Nazi, right? Food, food Nazi. Nazi. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. She's to, actually an anti-fundamentalist fundamentalist. Well, PETA encourages violence, and I don't believe in that. I don't believe torturing other people to get a word across, to get a point across. You know, to throw things at people, to destroy things, to come in and let people, like, let animals out of zoos. And, you know, it's like, it's like these people who are against abortion, like, so strongly against abortion. But how many adopted children do they have in their homes? You know what I mean? Like, how many adopted children do they have in their homes? I mean, I, gladly, I will not get an abortion today if you're willing to take care of my child and give me money. You know, absolutely. What what would you recommend though for people who are concerned about an, animal safety and? Well, there's all kinds of ethical ways to treat you know animals. There's there's humanely ethically prepared food. There are farms that you know humanely kill animals. You know, in a way that's that's not caged or you know isolated and in the dark shacks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I hate going out to dinner with people and they order uh, veal and foie gras. Like, that shit drives me crazy. I know you do, though. No, I don't order veal or foie gras either. Really? I, no. find, it, I find it repulsive. No, I don't want to spend money on liver fat. Yeah, who eats liver anyway? It's like the filtration system of the body. All that shit gets stored there and you eat it. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. And I don't like the taste of veal anyway. But baby cows, I mean, come on, really. Yum. No, it's bad. <laughs> so, um, oh shit, I forgot. I was just going to ask you. Well, we should get in the water. Yeah, let's go swimming. Hi. Hi, Allison. You're about to perform at Brushwood 2008. How do you feel? A little nervous. Okay, well, get over it. Okay. <laughs> Here's Glitter Pussy. Oh, 